Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Goodness in our lives that has the capacity to bring us to be able to be real, authentic, and genuine in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. For you did not make a fanciful man full of that which is disingenuine and full of hypocrisy and that which is not real. Father, we pray tonight that you would just reveal yourself to us and that we might reflect your glory and the veracity and the reality of living each day fully surrendered to you, fully available for your call upon our lives, fully at your request to live for your glory. We pray that you would create in us a genuine heart and remove everything that is not real, everything that is based on a false premise, a false understanding. Father, we pray and rebuke the enemy who comes to deceive us, for the last days will be full of great deception. And we pray, Father God, that your word would unmask every spirit that is not reality and is not your purpose to glorify your name upon the earth, that we might live each day to the fullest according to your design. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. This gentleman here did not come to the Lord until his latter days. He was known as a playboy. He was known as a woman's man. He was known as the, as the quick, dark, and handsome gentleman upon the face of the earth. But when the time came to reveal reality, he began to take notice that he was at the wrong place, surrounded by the wrong people, giving the wrong priorities, importance. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 14, no, let's start in verse 12, I'm sorry. Genesis 19, 12, there were two angels that came to Lot, and they asked him, whom else do you have here? Take inventory of that which you're responsible for. Have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, whomever you have in this city, remove them, lead them out of this place. And as he moved in that direction, verse 13, it says, The angel said, For we are about to destroy this place. We're about to render accounts before God and put things in their place because there's a huge outcry against this place and it has grown very great before the face of the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Now this is good up till now. Good that there's angel messengers. Good that there are people that God sends to deliver us. Good that there is a message of hope of removing ourselves what's going to be a horrible end to that area. And thank God this man was able to tell his daughter, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I'm going to go and wait for you. He had the, the assurance of salvation in Christ. He didn't die like the gentleman from Apple who says he didn't know if God exists, if heaven exists. He has no place and no promise. 
And in the face of this reality, in the face of the reality of the existence of God and of his righteousness and of the outcry of injustice, verse 14, as Lot came and spoke to those in connection with him, and you surely have people in connection with you, I wonder if they carry the weight of your seriousness and of your reality for the things that you utter with your mouth. Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-laws who had married his daughters and said, Listen, you're to gather up, begin to, to take everything in order and get out of this place. For this is a place that is destined for great destruction. And if there's ever a sad verse in the Bible, is this reaction. His son-in-laws thought he was joking. Another word for that is his son-in-laws thought he was not being real. He was faking it. He didn't have, it didn't carry the weight of words with his request that they would leave. And this has always been a problem for mankind. We have, we have reality and we have perceived, perceived um, circumstance. Well, I don't see it like you see it. This, this would be the statement of a son. Telling his father, his mother, I don't see it the way you see it. Well, son, I've lived just a little bit longer than you. And I can tell you that outside of Christ, there is no hope. There is no prosperity. There is no blessing. There is no peace. But they thought he was joking. I think that, that mankind has split into two realms. We just saw a video on something called reality, everyday reality. I know the feeling of the body in this church is, that's a bummer. Why do you have to put that in front of me? Well, I'll tell you why. Because God desires for your every second to be real. And for you not to be lifted up in a place of non-reality, which is called pride. Where you perceive you have more time than the time you have. That you have more opportunity than the opportunity you have. That you have more days than the days you have. I don't know about you, but 17 years sounds very short to me. And that's all this man had. In regards to how he chose to live his life for a good certain amount of time where he lost his family, he lost his children. And this last family he had... He only married her at the, at the request of his pastor to get his life in order, to quit living in sin, to quit sleeping around, to begin to put his personal effects in order. He decided to move away from Hollywood and, and the media and the prime time and the limelight to begin to fix his affairs in order to put his family in a safe place. And God said, 
in John chapter 4, verse 23, the time is coming, and it's already apparent when the true worshipers will worship with the Father with true spiritual worship. When the true worshipers will come before the Father in spirit and in truth. And I was just talking to a young man in my office this afternoon, and I told him, look, the most devastating thing that could ever happen to any person is not to be able to really be a part of the authentic body of Christ and the church and connected with the kingdom of God. And people come to church all the time. And people, people say they're Christians all the time. But to be truly correct, uh, connected, to be authentic in worship, to be genuine. Listen, I don't know who's real, but I want to be real. I don't know who comes here with another purpose, but I want to come here with the purpose of seeking the heart of God. To find out what the Lord has for my life, for my children. For the Father is seeking those who will worship him in this manner. He's not interested in anything fake. Christianity on the main scale throughout many places has become a circus, has become a performance. We've had people on this very stage that have said that they were worshipers of God and had no, no insight to what it was to be connected to the heart of God. We've had, we've had endless amount of people that have come and started their journey in the things of God and somehow or another, they prefer have an appearance of godliness. I want to talk about that today. And Jesus is saying that God is working, uh, looking for real people in Matthew 23. He gives a reference in verse Matthew 23, 13, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. This Greek word, hypocrite, uh, of two backgrounds, hypo means under and crits mean that, that something is taking place behind the scenes. Something's taking place underneath. It's not what's revealed. It's not what's seen. This is what they used to call uh, in Greek theater, the hypocrites were the stage actors, the ones that would wear a mask and they would have a frown or a smile, but inside there was something different going on. And, and Jesus has, takes no liking. He's not impressed. He doesn't gather with hypocrites. He says, they shut up the kingdom of heaven. They, they are the ones that are pushing people away because there's no authenticity. There's no genuineness. For you neither go in to have a relationship with God, nor do you allow anyone else to go in. And he says in verse 3 of that same chapter that you can tell a hypocrite because his words do not line up with his actions. Therefore, whatever they tell you with their words... Do it, but do not do according to the works, for they say something and they don't do it. Their life doesn't match up. There's no substance. When we're talking about reality, we talk about substance. We're talking about thirst. We're talking about quenching that thirst with water. Having satiated 
a sentiment based on not only saying something, but doing it. A hypocrite may be known by this fact. His speech and his actions, they don't match up. He says one thing and does another. Verse 27, we went uh, to verse 13 already. Now, 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. And he tells them again, hypocrites. For ye are like on the outside, you got something going on. But on the inside, there's nothing going on. On the outside, you appear to be Christian. You appear to go to church. You appear to be a man of God, love God. But on the inside, there is dead man's bones. There's no life. When confronted with reality, we are overwhelmed. Um, I think that we should pray to God. Um, the, the latest has been a young man this morning who tells me, I thought she was in love with me. I thought she had true sentiments towards me. I said, listen, you should have tested those waters before you put your heart in her hand. I don't think anybody likes a hypocrite. I don't think anybody likes somebody who's not real. That's, that's a scary thing. We call him a psychopath, a sociopath. Somebody like Ted Bundy on the outside, a charming young lawyer. On the inside, a serial rapist and murderer. How do people get like that? Because they have a double life. They appear on the outside. One thing, this gentleman, young, good-looking, smiling, a playboy, a cheater, a liar. And then on the inside, growing rebellion, death cells, destruction. And in one instant, consumed from this life to the next. Luke 18.10, Jesus says, Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee. And he stood praying, God, I thank you, I'm not like the other people. I thank you, I'm a... I'm not like a swindler, verse 11. I'm not an extortioner. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not a tax collector, verse 12. I fast twice a week. I give tithe to all that I possess. And then deep-seated in that, in that place was the tax collector, verse 13. Standing afar would not so much even to raise his eyes to heaven. But he was there beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I think, I think what Jesus is saying now in this story is out of the two, there was one that was being transparent. I want to encourage you that confession is the source of reality. I love this week, one of the young men came up to him and says, Pastor, I got to get this off my chest. I got to tell you what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking otherwise I can't continue on being a Christian I said you know something I'm proud of you you're bearing your heart you're becoming real God could deal with that God be merciful to me and it says in verse 14 I tell you the truth this man went home justified Rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself above will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. I think that that is the opportunity we have in the house of God. I think that God allows us to be real, to be genuine, to, you know, just to bear it all and say, God, this is where I'm at. 
And I need you to help me in that regard. I think God will listen to that. But then we have the other example in Matthew 7, 21, where these, they apparently say, Lord, Lord. Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall be welcomed into the kingdom of God, but he who is lined up with my Father in heaven. Verse 22, for many in that day, it's not going to be a small number. There's going to be a, a pretty, there's going to be a crowd there. Will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. You remember that time we were part of the mission trip? You remember that time we preached in your name? You remember at that time the demons were coming out and done many wonders in your name? And his declaration to them, verse 23, will say, I never knew you. Don't come trying to appear to be my friend when we weren't on that We weren't in that basis. We weren't in that relationship. And then these are the grotesque words, depart from me. Get away from me. I was talking to a friend that came about 10 years ago into this building. And he had left his wife. He had left his family. He had left his church. He had left his kids. He had left everything. And he comes by and he says, I came by to see you. I said, you know you and I are not friends. You, you don't, I, I have no input in your life that you give any significant weight. And he goes, well, we've known each other for a long time. That doesn't make you a friend. He goes, I shouldn't have come. I was driving down the street and I said, I, I shouldn't go. I said, you should have stayed with your inner thought. That was the correct thought. Because you thought one thing and you did another. That's what Jesus was able to tell Judas, that what's, that, that's in your heart, go and do it, man. If you're a real Christian, love Jesus Christ with all your heart. And if you're not, what are you doing here? If you're a real Christian, serve him totally. If not, what are you doing here? Depart from me. That, those are bad words. Those, those are real. You who practice that which is not consistent, that which is not straight. You who practice things that are not right. You don't have any connection. Matthew 25, 31, as the fire of God's spirit burns into us, and he says on that day, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, this is going to be a definite day. This is not a story. This is not a fairy tale. On that day, when the Son of Man comes in glory with his holy angels, he will sit on the throne of glory. Verse 32, all the nations will be gathered. If you, if you think you're not going to be in that number, beg to differ. They will be before him and he will separate the one from the other. As a shepherd who divides sheep from the goats. Verse 33. And he will set the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. And the king will say to them on his right. Verse 34. Welcome. You who have the Lord's blessing, my Father's blessing, come and and receive the kingdom that's prepared from you that I prepared before the foundations of the world. So I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you were thinking about me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. 
And the righteous shall answer them and say, Lord, when did we see you in this condition of hunger, thirst? When did we see you, verse 38, as a stranger and took you in and clothed you? When did we see that you were sick and in prison and came to you? And the king said, inasmuch as you did it, have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Then he shall say to those on his left, depart from me. There's so many people that, that say that God will not say that. Not under the blessing, but under the curse. Reserved for everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then they shall say in answer to him, when were you hungry, thirsty, naked, stranger, sick, in prison? And we did not minister. We did not serve you. In verse 45, he says, And as much as you, verily I say to you, you did it not unto the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. See, this... this uh, this continual separation, I really believe, between that which is not real, that which is not authentic, that which is not genuine, that which is not substantive, is removed. Is removed so that which is real stands. One more opportunity to see the reality of the two sides is Revelation 3.17, where uh, God is calling his church to reality, and this is their response. Because you say, I'm rich and wealthy and have no needs, and you do not realize you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You don't know the reality you're in. And since you don't know the reality you're in, since you think you don't need anything, you can't ask for clothing. You can't ask for the Lord to heal your sight. You can't ask the Lord to bless you and make you flourish. You think you're okay. And that is self-deception, which is the worst deception of all. Inasmuch as you say these things and don't know that you are all the opposite. Verse 18, this is my advice for you. Pay the price for that which is refined gold. That which will be on you like fire so that you can become really rich. White garments that, that you might clothe yourself. And that shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And medicine for your eyes that you might see. I, I often... In my Christian walk, as the Lord has been doing things since the beginning, if the Lord finds you in a sewer and he washes you and puts you on the sidewalk, you feel, that's it, I've made it to where I'm going. And that sentiment will keep you out of being able to be a son in the family and live inside the house. So many times as the Lord has progressed my walk in the Lord, I have to say, Lord, I'm still naked in comparison of where you want to take me. I can't sit there and say, I'm out of the sewer, I'm out of the gutter, I'm on the sidewalk, I'm washed off, so I'm fine. Because I know where he wants to take me. 
in his reality. He wants me to sit upon his throne just as he has overcome and sat on upon his father's throne. So if I'm going to go sit with Jesus on his throne, there's a lot more stuff he needs to do in my life. There's a lot more reality. There's a lot more stuff he has to burn out of my life. And so this is the place where we can never get to the point of saying, I've been a Christian since 1972. I, I've known the Lord since 1983. I got baptized in 1995. None of that matters in comparison where the Lord wants to bring you. And your transparency and your genuineness and the fire of God has to continue to make us and refine us and clear up our eyesight so we can see. The word sincerity comes to mind. And this sincerity is the expression of we're not going to fake it anymore. In Luke chapter 12 verse 1, In the meantime, as many thousands of people were gathered together, that they were trampling on one another, he began to say to his disciples, Be careful with the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Be careful with, with faking it. There's, there's nothing more glorious than to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. To, to sit there and ground yourself in truth. Sit around people you know that love you, people that know you, and open up for them to sit there and say, this is what we're concerned about. We, we often run from that situation. We often run from, from being able to, for things to be revealed. Hypocrisy speaks of that. Verse 2, he says, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed. You cannot abide in the fellowship and in the worship and in the body of Christ with a mask. You, you can fake it all you want, but everything that's going on will soon be revealed. Nor will anything be hidden that will not be known. That all the stuff is going to surface. And the Lord is into bringing that out. Verse 3. Therefore, whatever you have said in a dark place, that's going to be heard in the light. Whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed from the housetops. Let's not walk in the exercise of the things which are undeciphered, under the mask, unrevealed. 1 John 5.19 says the whole world is being deceived and taken prisoner under the veil of the evil one's power. Look at how it says it. 1 John 5.19, we know that we are of God, but the whole world lies under the Wick, the sway of the wicked one. The devil's pulling fast ones on people left and right. He's not letting them understand what their true situation is so they cannot be delivered. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Paul unmasks the devil when he says like this, no wonder for Satan himself is able to transform himself into an angel of light. I don't know about you. I don't want to be surprised that I'm in the gathering of demons, that I'm in the gathering of people that are destined to hell. When God has called us to be righteous, to be forthright, to be genuine, 
to be known in the most secret places of our inner person. And you know how you do this? You invite Jesus in there. Jesus, come in. Come in. This is, this is, my, this is my, my disaster. This is, this is my reality. This is what I, I can't resolve. This is what I can't fix. This is why I need a powerful Savior. This is why I need a mighty God. Satan will continue to tell you you're okay. You're okay. 2 Timothy 1.5, I love this verse. When Paul is writing to Timothy and he's trying to ground him on truth, he says, I call to remember the genuine faith that is in you. And that genuine faith is the word uh, anipocritus, which is without hypocrisy. You're the real deal. You, you, have, you love Jesus Christ. You walk with the Lord. And that same walk was in your mom and in your grandmother. I know that, that your faith is an undisguised. You're not wearing a costume. You're not playing Christian because you're in church today. You're not playing Christian because it's Wednesday, midweek. You were a Christian this morning. You're going to be a Christian tomorrow and Friday. You're a Christian wherever you go, and people know that. You're not a contradiction of terms. Matthew 15, 7, Jesus said, Do not be what Isaiah prophesied about. Do not walk in hypocrisy. Don't go wearing a mask. In verse 8, where the people draw near to me with their mouth. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. You don't want to see what God has for you. You don't want to walk in the realities of his love for you. They, with their mouth, honor me, but their heart is far from me. They're not walking. They're not living. Verse 9, their worship is vain worship. They just, they're just going through the motions. They're just going through the motions. I've, I've had several meetings throughout the years when, when I perceive that people are, are just, they're on automatic pilot unconnected to God. Say, so listen, you know something? Do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do everybody a favor. Get serious. Get serious. How is it that years could go by and you become less serious? In Luke 20, 20, there was an occasion where they wanted to, they wanted to trick Jesus. A lot of people are trying to trick the Lord. Listen, listen to this passage. Very interesting. So they watched him. They were watching closely. And they sent spies who pretended to be righteous. Pretended to be real. So they might trick him on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. And when they approached him, verse 23, verse, uh, yeah, he perceived, he could tell. He saw, he understood they're being tricky and said, why, why are you playing games with me? Why are you in my presence trying to play games? Why do you test me? Verse 24, show me a, a coin, show me a denarius whose image is inscribed on it. And they answered, Caesar. We see, the, we see the figure of Caesar on that coin. And he said, give to Caesar, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. 
and to God the things that are God's. Well, there's only one thing on the planet that has the image of God on it. You know who that is? You. Just like the coin belonged to Caesar, you belong to God. Give yourself entirely to God. The saddest thing that could happen, this, why do I show this video at the beginning of today's sermon? Is because, listen, we only have one life to live. Let's live it for the glory of God. Let's be real. Let's be connected. Let's have that at the forefront of our understanding. I understand that Latin Americans are superstitious, super superstitious. They're like, oh my God, now, listen, there's life in abundance in God's plan for you. Life in abundance to be enjoyed, to, to be fulfilled, to glorify his name in all things, at all times, in every season that he allows us to live under the earth. James 3.17, it says, seek that wisdom that is from above. This wisdom is not crafty. It's not tricky. It's pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy. It's full of good fruits without partiality. Say without, without hypocrisy. You could be super real. Don't, don't try to be super fake. It's not going to fly. As Paul is telling the believers of Corinthians what a real worker of the Lord is, in 2 Corinthians 6, 1, he says, As workers with the Lord, we as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive God's life without purpose. The other day, I, I rented a movie for my sons, and it was the life of Charles Spurgeon, who preached his first sermon at 12, who became a pastor at age 16, and became the pastor of the largest church in London at the age of 18. And the reason I was showing my sons this, this film is I told them, you don't have to wait to be 30 and 40 and 50 to change the world. You can start right now being serious. You can start right now giving your whole life to God without reservations, without trauma. I told Brian, Brian's like, I want to sing for the Lord. I want to see you sing for the Lord. Every service in the front row. Because everything else is just a performance. It's a show. If you want to worship God, you will worship God. In all places, at all times, with all those who call upon him with a real heart. I still remember when, when Jose Palma gave his life to the Lord at the age of 16, 17 years old. He was in the front row. And that man was lost in his presence. Lost in the presence of God. He didn't. He didn't care if there was a church there. He didn't care who was there. He didn't care if there was music, if there was no music. He was enjoying and worshiping his Savior. He was basking in the light of Almighty God in every service. And he still does it to this day. 
He's not playing religion. And God wants every one of us to be on that same wavelength without stumbling, without interference. So he says, this is us, workers together with him. And we also plead with you not to receive this grace in vain, uselessly. Let it just fall there. Verse 2. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I've helped you. God has been there for you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Verse 3. We give no, no offense in anything. We're not going to allow anything to offend us. So that the ministry may not be blamed. But in all things, we show ourselves approved as God's servants. And then here is the fire of what proves that we're real. We're going to be patient in tribulations, in needs, in distresses. We're not going to come up with excuses. Well, I couldn't make it. Well, I couldn't have it. Well, I couldn't do it. Well, I couldn't. I tell people, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear your thousand excuses. I want to hear millions of excuses why you're serving God. Why you know God. Why nothing is going to separate you from God. It goes on, verse 5. We've been beaten. We've been in prison. We've been in riots. We've worked hard. We have had sleepless nights. We have fasted. We're seeing the glory of God for this year's fast that we already did. We're already seeing God show up. We're seeing his favor, his mercy. We're not chasing the things of this world. In fastings, verse 6, in our purity. A lot of people have issue with purity. They're like, what is purity? Well, there's something called pure chocolate. It means only chocolate. It means nothing else. And being pure means only God, nothing else. That's purity. In our understanding, growing in our knowledge of God, like we said on Sunday, if we start defining who God is, He fills everything in the vast expanse at degrees that we're blown away with by patience and long-suffering, by the kindness we have, by the Holy Spirit in sincerity of love. Our, this word sincere means uh, from two Latin words, sign and Sarah which is without wax. When they did the columns in the Roman Colosseums, they would have to, in anything that was a crack, they would put wax. So if you wanted a column without cracks, you said without wax, with the sincere. I, I don't want anybody that's a Christian that, that's cracking up under the face of, of hardship. Verse 7, he says like this, by the word of truth, we're being sincere because God's word is calling us to that sincerity. By the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. We're, we're protected by the Lord. Verse 8, by honor and dishonor, by evil reports and good reports. People holding us out as being fakers and yet we are true. We're true. Verse 9, nobody, we're not being famous for what we're doing, yet we're well known. Everybody thinks we're dying, but we live. 
as being corrected, but this correction, when I go around correcting people, it's not for their destruction. Every single person that I've ever corrected that has received my correction is a champion. Is a champion. Because we've called out their champion. So they do not walk like losers. And correction comes as healing. It's a blessing. Sometimes people say, aren't you going to correct him? I said, no, he won't receive it. He won't receive the correction. He can't be a champion. So I have to pray, Lord, allow them to withstand correction. Allow them to be granted the gift of repentance. They can't be corrected. They won't receive it. They'll start arguing. Verse 10, as if we are crying, yet we're always rejoicing. People see what we're doing tonight, and they're like, man, these people, look what they're looking at, death in the face. Yeah, we're rejoicing because we will overcome that life. We will overcome that life. We're living above what the people in this world are living. He says like this in verse 9. Now we're going back. As dying, yet behold, we live. As chastened, but not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As if we're broke, poor, yet we're making many people rich. This Monday night, a gentleman showed up right before our men's meeting. His name is George. He's probably going to start coming. Five years ago, I, I went to go, he works at a, at a tire place, and I, I went to change the tires, and I said, George, Christ has an incredible life for you. And look what happened to my family. This is my testimony. We met the Lord. George, you got to come. You got to come. Five years ago, he hasn't come. In his business and company, like three or four people have come to our church. Their marriages have been healed. Their faith has increased. They're thriving. They're flourishing. God is blessing them. And so I went five years later to change my tires again. And I said, I can't believe you still haven't come. You were the first one the Lord invited. Everybody has come and is flourishing and doing well. Why are you taking so long? And he looked at me like he didn't answer. So that was a month ago. But last Monday, this Monday that just came, he showed up here at 7 o'clock at night. And he says, I need to talk to you. And I said, what's going on? He says, I'm losing my family. I need your help. I said, look, you were the first one. You were the first one invited. Just do what we do. And then Juan got up and testified what had happened at the marriage conference with his wife and him. And says, I can't believe it. My wife loves me. My wife wants to date me again. And she says, our date is going to be Wednesday night at church, Thursday night. He's super excited. The restoration. We seem to be poor, but we're making many rich. Having nothing, yet we lack nothing. We possess all things. I want you to say something tonight. I want you to do something. 1 John 4, 1. Dear friends, don't believe every lying spirit. Find out what has you depressed and upset and indifferent. Find out what's moving you to be a fake and to have a disgruntled heart and, and to be out of connection with the Lord. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirit. Find out if what you're standing on is a spirit of God. Because many faults spirits and prophets have gone out into the world there are many many things that are holding out you know an appearance an outward thought first corinthians 14 29 says if you want to know that something is real 
get together with two or more of his people. Let, let whatever you're saying be confirmed by two or three. Let them judge the matter. I don't want them to judge because you don't want them to judge because you don't want to face reality, my friend. You want to continue in the imagination and fantasy of your heart. And so we need to press into reality. I'm going to ask the worship team to come here tonight. And I hope that tonight you can make it a crossroad. That you can make the transition over into reality. In every step of my Christian life, I said, Lord, I can't afford for this to be fake. I can't afford for this to be religion. I can't afford for this to be denomination. I, I was meeting with this gentleman this, this afternoon, and I said, listen, to me, it's a travesty that you would inch your way out of the body of Christ Inch your way out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Inch your way out from the purpose and the plan that God has for you. That to me is a travesty. And a lot of people upon the earth are living a fantasy. A lot of people are living that which God never destined or purposed for them. And each day matters. Every second matters. Every instant. Every, every opportunity. And that you with each opportunity and second that each occasion you take a step into reality and look at Jesus Christ when he said this he said I am the truth he was talking about I am reality you look into Jesus and you let him define your existence and you're going to see a lot of things fall in place and those people that are those people are walking away from the Lord they don't find room to serve the Lord they're not faithful to the Lord they don't honor the Lord they don't obey the Lord their life is is just a, a facade it's an appearance on the outside there's no reality when when Paul tells Timothy in the last days there will be imposters 2nd Timothy 3 13 Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. This is the climate of the last days. Verse 14, but you must continue in the things you've learned and you be assured knowing from whom you learned them, the life of the person who's teaching you, that from childhood, from the time you were a child, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Let's ask God to, to be able to press his truth into our lives and that we would be malleable, that we would be conformed to his image. Let's stand tonight.